Being great at sales is essential to your business and your career, but you and I both know that the stress of selling and dealing with constant rejection can be an emotional drain. My entire brand, No BS Selling, is based on the belief that professional sales is a skill and not a personality, and that to be better at sales takes constant refinement and a dedication to your craft. This show is for salespeople and entrepreneurs who are committed to improving their sales skills and getting better results and are sick and tired of the BS game that often happens between buyers and sellers. Welcome to the No BS Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Walker McKay. I'll help you and your sales team make selling easier, feel less cheesy, and be more lucrative. It's time to change the rules and level the playing field between you and the people you sell to. You're already good, let's be better. Welcome to the No BS Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Walker McKay. Today, I am super excited to have my friend, my, counter, my former counterpart, but still great friend, accountability partner, Ray Mutchler on the show. Today, I've invited Ray because Ray is a prospecting master. He is the um, owner, principal and founder of ROI Consulting, which is a sales training executive coaching firm north of Pittsburgh, but he's got clients all over the country. He's been doing this for 16 years and he's a great guy and we're gonna share some really actionable, cool stuff today. So, um, Ray, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me, I'm excited. You're absolutely welcome. Tell me something, because there's always a story with people who are in sales training. How in the hell did you get in this crazy business? Well, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody gets in it to it on, on purpose, right? I think right. Um, I, I had a job as I was on a sales desk, I was 24 years old. Um, I uh, was one of 18. I got promoted overnight. Uh, so I went from sales guy to VP of sales. Um, oh my God. What were you all, selling? Uh, it was uh, advertising and storefront back in its infancy for mm -hmm. a very specific industrial coatings market. Um, so we sold advertising on those two different vehicles. Um, and, and after I got promoted, everyone under me, all, all the salespeople under me were about 40 years or older. And here I am, the 24-year-old. Wow. <laughs> so I, I ate lunch alone for a good six months to a year. So, yeah. uh, but became the VP um, and uh, really uh, was there for three or four years, uh, had a nice team. Um, I remember how I got into the business I'm in now is I had, I had lunch with my dad. And my dad was one of those guys that... Um, God, God bless his soul. But when you asked him uh, advice, um, you took the opposite, you'd be fine. Right. So, so I remember saying to him, um, listen, dad, I, I've been here about four or five years. I could do this for the rest of my life. Um, it's not exactly exciting, you know, but I, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay financially. And he said, they looked at me and he said, uh, you know, I'd stay with what I know. Right. Or I could, you know, and, he, and I quit the next day. So, right, right. Um, and then started in this business. So, and, and, and the rest is history. So, I do credit him for that. So. so, so you got in that way. And what is it that you love about it now? You know, I, I get asked all the time. And I, one of the things I've always thought is if you, if you, if you help people, the money will come, right? So everything yeah. that comes on the back end of that is fantastic. And the, and the, and the, 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 the revenue and all that, um, my, where I get my biggest juice from, um, is, is working with an organization that is successful, has been there, uh, uh, for many years, um, has gotten to a certain area of success by service, reputation, um, succession, and now has been stuck there for maybe five or right. 10 years yep. and is really looking to break out. And I, I always say, I've seen many companies, uh, 15, get to 15, $20 million. I've seen none get there without help and a process and a system. Right. So, uh, but me, for me, it's, it's, it's being with that company from start to finish and the growth. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's really, really cool. So we're here to talk about prospecting. And you said you started um, in, the, in the world selling stuff and selling it basically over the phone, correct? Correct, yeah. So a lot of people say today that cold calling is dead, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I think uh, people say it because it's uncomfortable. Um, and, and while I'll agree that it is a low percentage behavior or activity, um, it's far from dead. I mean, I, you know, I, I think those that do it religiously would say um, that at one time in their career, probably their biggest account came from a cold call, as mm -hmm. long as they were consistently doing it. Um, I think there's fear involved in it. I think people want to get away from it. I think we live in a world now that is um, social media and, and moving away from human to human contact to some extent. Um, it is certainly not dead. It is certainly not enjoyable, but it is yeah. certainly not dead, right? So you know what I've noticed is that it's the definition that scares people. It's the word cold call because cold call has certain things. I'm like, well, when you, how about if we just call it a call? You follow them on LinkedIn, so it's not a cold call. I mean, it's as much just tricking yourself to get the hell out of the way. I mean, it's just, um, anyway, people just are so wrapped up, oh, cold calls suck or blah, 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 but they just don't want to, they don't want to freaking do them. I use the term approach call. Seems to warm it a little ah, bit. I like that. Right? Approach so, call. so you can it can be a referral call, it can be a lead call, it can be anything, but it's an approach call, not a cold call. You're right. It's, it does scare people. It scares people. So how do how do you help people get over that, the the fear? Well, I think um, the, the folks that that have prospecting issues, and again, they're in several areas, right? There'll be, there'll be conceptual issues, there's technical issues. Um, so it, it's not just one thing, it's a bunch. But, but what I try to do is uh, help them to create momentum. And so when I first started out prospecting, I mean, I was a one trick pony on the phone. Um, and the problem with that is it gives you inconsistent results, which then gives your sales inconsistent results. And you're always what I call, you know, Frank Sinatra riding high in April shot down in May. Um, so I, I find that you have to have several behaviors to, to create momentum, several behaviors that when one of your core prospecting activities fails you, um, it picks up your KPI for you. So for instance, I could make a thousand cold calls today and book 10 appointments. I could make the same thousand cold calls tomorrow and only book one. Right. Um, and so having a, a, a list of activities that I'm consistently doing um, um, networking, hot list referrals, the course stuff. Um, so that whenever I'm doing my dials and maybe they don't, they're not as you know productive as they are week to week. Um, I can pick up a brand new appointment in, in a networking event, or I can pick up a brand new appointment on an email campaign that I had or, or a referral ask. Um, not only does this work from an activity standpoint, but it works with a mindset. Um, I, I used to hate being, um, my, when I was younger, uh, before the, the the position that I mentioned before, I started with a company called Newark Electronics. I was one of 22 on a sales desk. Um, and um, all we did was make phone calls out to sell uh, electronic components. And my cousin uh, used to call me a phone sex girl. And I'd say, what, what are you talking about? He goes, what do you do all day? I said, well, I got a headset and I'm just, I'm calling out. I make a thousand dollars a day. He goes, yep, phone sex girl. And, and when I thought about that, it hurt actually. But when I thought about that, he, he, was, he was right. I mean, I, I was a one trick pony relying on one medium. And, and that was um, 
demeaning to some extent. And that's what you was, were taught to do as well, though, right? That's what everybody around you was doing absolutely, as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were all doing the exact same thing. Um, and it wasn't until I adopted uh, several different activities um, consistently that I felt like a business professional and, and I felt like I was doing different things. So I didn't just have to be chained to the, to the phone or chained to my email, right? And, you mentioned something a few minutes ago as you were going through a list of, of prospect activities. One of the things you said was a hot list. What does that mean to you? What's that? Well, and, and a lot of people have different definitions. Some people yeah. call it a feeder list and, and some people will go to other people's LinkedIn and just print out, you know, 200 people they know. Um, for me, a hot list is a targeted list of accounts um, in different niche markets uh, that has the company name that I've targeted that might be a great uh, ideal client prospect for me. Um, and it's got uh, 15 to 20 different names and it has the top officer next to them. Um, and I think uh, what I do is I show that to as many folks. And, and so the talk track I always use is much easier than, uh, than maybe asking for a referral, but it is, you know, after a session I have with them or after a cup of coffee, I'll say, uh, hey, Walker, um, listen, these are a, a list of companies I've identified as people I think I can help. And, and would you mind taking a gander at the list and not only looking and you see the people on the list, but if you know anybody at those organizations and, and might be able to give me an introduction. Um, and so what I find is it, they, they study that list like it's the scripture, right? They, they want to help you. Yep. Um, and so my, my theory is always if, if, you, if you help them to help you, they will, right? If you make it hard for them uh, where they have to think hard on, on, on trying to help you or what the characterizations you're looking for, or what you do for a living. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be non, you know, successful, but if you can help them as much as possible, they'll help you. Even more so, I think what you're doing by using a hot list is saying here is specifically whom I'm looking for, because I think also it's very, people are afraid that maybe that they're going to refer you the wrong person, or it's not exactly what you're looking for. And so if you are able to say, here are the, here are 20 people, 20 companies I'm trying to get into, can you help me with one of those? At least then specifically, they can say yes or no, right? Yeah. And, I, and again, I'm the one doing the prospecting, right? So we've all, we've all had people that we've asked for referrals that don't entirely understand our business and maybe give us people that are, um, I don't want to say a waste of time because it's nice to get a referral, but certainly not ideal. Yes. Um, and so we end up chasing those folks and, and it doesn't work out. It seems to be sometimes a waste of time in the hot list format. Uh, I'm the one doing the research. I'm the one doing the targeting. I'm the one that has already said this person is perfect for us. This company's perfect for me. Um, so it's, it's, it's taking away that step. And in, what are you asking of the person that you show the hot list? They say, yeah, I know somebody over there at ABC Supply. What are you asking them to do? So I, I always will ask for an introduction. And, and, and the first thing I will ask is for a phone call. Um, I, I, I think there are percentages that suggest um, if I can get my uh, client to call the referral for me and give them a heads up that I'll be uh, reaching out to them, um, really everything gets easier, right? The yeah. approach call gets easier. The meeting gets easier. E even if there's a scenario where I'm running a sales call on them um, and let's pretend it's not a good fit, right? It's yep. always a good meeting because we have that third party that we're taking care of. Yep. So, so I, I like to work, I will work hard. I like to work easy and, and that's an easier way um, to have all those action items domino after the referral. It's interesting because I ask, and maybe I'm doing this the wrong way is I ask my client say, will you call so-and-so and see if they're open to taking a call from me? and not to say that I'm gonna call them. And maybe I'm making that too hard myself. Um, I, yeah, my, my language is, is well, here, here's why I would do it. Number one, if they give me the referral and they're open to making that call, that, that's a key for me to understand that that relationship is fairly strong. 
right? Yeah. Because yep. a lot of times you get, um, hey, call this person. Don't mention my name. You know, right. I get, yeah, that's, that's not a not referral. Helpful. That's so that's a threat. Me. Yeah, that's I almost a, yeah, want or, to... a, or a tip or so at best, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So so if they're if they're open minded enough, and and so my language is, hey Walker, the last thing I want to do is pick up the phone and call your guy out of the blue right? Um, using your name cold. Um, right. Do you think it makes some sense that you just gave him a heads up that I'd be reaching out to him? Sure. Yeah. Now, now here's what I know. That phone call is never going to be bad, right? I mean, it's never going to be nope. Ray's calling. Don't take his call because or else right. why would they give me the name? So it's always going to be a good conversation. Um, I, I also, I don't get into a lot of here's what you should tell them about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I simply say, let them know it will be worth taking the call. That's it. Ah. Just, it'll be, It'll be worth your time to have a quick chat with Ray. Um, and that's all they need. That's all I need. Uh, I'll do my own selling, right? Just need yep. the introduction and, yes. and, and, and the trust factor of, I think it would make sense for you to talk. I think it'd be a good call. Okay. I like that very much. And so, so now you're the sales guy, right? And you're calling in and you, that person has answered the phone. What do you do now? Um, I, you know, I, um, Again, so how we, do you we, open it? You know? Sure. We talk about something called a sequence variation or a pattern interrupt or whatever you want to call it. But um, I will ask them if my name rings a bell in hopes that it does from the referral call. A lot of times it does not. Yeah, right. Um, I will then drop the person's name. So it may be, hey, Walker, uh, Ray Mutchler. Does that name, is that name familiar to you? Uh, mm-hmm. You know what, Ray? I'm sorry it isn't. What about Walker McKay? Oh, I know Walker, and 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 you'd be willing to admit to knowing Walker in yep. public, <laughs> um, and and that usually is is a nice bonding start, right? Yeah. So, um, and and then I'll say, hey, my guess is Walker didn't give you a heads up to, that I was going to be reaching out. Oh no, he did. Oh, he did. Good. Um, let me share with you why I think it was important that he thought maybe we chat, and and we'll see if it makes sense to to schedule some time together or get together. Um, and then we'll go into it, right? And then we'll have a nice conversation. Either way, that conversation is pleasant. Right. Yes. I mean, that, that, um, cause once you have the, the connection, uh, we take care of each other either yes. way. Right. Yeah. So. I like that. And so what happens if you get voicemail? How do you, what, do you leave voicemail? What's your theory on that? I do. I, I, I leave, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of theories on voicemail. Um, I do leave voicemails. I don't leave a lot of details on the voicemail. Uh, my voicemail in that scenario might be, um, you know, Ray, if you admit to knowing a uh, Walker McKay and, and would be willing to do so in public, give me a ring. Right. right. And, and my number, um, now, again, in hopes that you had reached out and talked to him or called him, yeah. um, or I promised Walker I'd be giving you a ring. Don't know if he had a chance to reach yeah. out, you know, call me. Yeah. Um, not a lot of detail. I mean, my, my yes. only goal in leaving a voicemail is to get a call back. Right. Um, and so, you know, I don't think it's, 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 uh, it's successful. It'll be successful if you say, here's why I'm calling and here's why right. I wanted to talk to you. Because then they prejudge, right? And then they, oh, sure. I got time to call that guy back and, you know, it's funny, I, I have a slightly different approach with voicemail. I do leave voicemails uh, all the time now because people know you've called and um, there's different cadences and methods to that. But the voicemail I will typically leave is Ray Mutzler. Hey, John, Ray Mutzler thought you and I should talk. Sure. Um, my phone number is ABC. So I always make it the referrer's idea that I had to call. I'm supposed to call because typically that's where it started, right? right so right. so-and-so thought you and I should talk um, on the voicemail. And um but I always, and I'll also do what you do, which is when you get them on the phone, you say, my guess is you don't admit no and so and so. You probably wouldn't. Right. Um, so, so call, what is your typical goal when you're calling on um, medium, larger size businesses? What's your goal of an approach call? 
I only have one goal uh, when when my, when the prospect picks up, and that's to 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 book an appointment. Yep. Um, now that takes many forms, right? So so uh, across states, it's it's to book a conference call for an hour. Uh, yep. um, for a regional, you know, tri-state uh, um, pr- uh, prospect, it's to get invited into their office. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I, you know, the only reason why I'm calling is to uh, get some information from them, figure out if it makes sense for us to get together, um, pick a little bit of impact that maybe, uh, or challenges that they're having that I might be able to help them with or start the conversation with, um, and then get invited out. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I, don't, I don't do a lot of follow-up or um, chasing or yep. tickler file, which I'm not even sure I know what that means, right? So <laughs> yeah, it, sounds, it sounds more like you're a phone sex girl. It, it does. Um, it, and I'm trying to get away from that, right? It's in my, <laughs> it's in my, my crawl, right? <laughs> so so. Um, I, I have the same philosophy, right? Is some people try and sell over the phone. The reality is you probably call them at a bad time or whatever else, right? And so it's to see whether it makes sense for us to spend 30 minutes or an hour together in whatever form or fashion that would be. You also used a word that I like very much, which was to see if I can get invited out. Right. And so that's the way I want us to think about this is your, your prospects inviting you in. And that's, that's the way I want to frame this thing is, does it make sense to invite me over to your office as opposed to, does it make sense for me to force myself in through the door? So well, um, I, I love the word invite. And, and so yeah. I, I do, I do when I'm doing my training and coaching, one of the things I say is stop, booking appointments and start booking conversations. Um, appointment has such a um, context to it, right? Yeah. Um, and there's so much you don't know about each other. Just, just you know, start booking conversations instead of appointments. Um, the invite is, is something I love because, you know, if you think about it, um, no one who's listening to this call and you and I have never uttered the words, Mr. or Mrs. Salesperson, can you no. come over my house tonight and sell my wife and I? <laughs> um, but who do you invite into your home? You invite friends, family, people you trust. Yes. Um, you know, I always tell a funny, uh, uh, I, 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 uh, in my, early in my career, um, one of my partners and I did a little bit of a study ourselves. And for the first thing was 2005, for the first 30 sales calls that I went on, um, when I got there, I said, thanks for inviting me in. And my partner committed to saying, thanks for taking the time to see me. And then we got back together and we shared some notes. And, and here's what we found. Um, I was offered coffee 24 out of 30 times. He was offered wow. coffee four times. Wow. And so after much debate on who was better looking, um, <laughs> what, we, what we came up with was it was the context of inviting because when you invite someone in, who's the host? They yep. are. What's the host's responsibility to take care of the person you invited in? And, and that is what I want to establish, that equal business stature, that we're on the same page and, and, and just two guys having a conversation, two guys and gals, two, two business owners having a conversation. Um, and, and not so much a formal, let's say, appointment. So I like the, again, this is a tenet that I use as well, the equal business stature. Tell me more about equal business stature. So uh, traditional sales or, or, you know, what I used to do until I was maybe about 25, um, the salesperson on the scale was always at the bottom. And, and, and was always seemed less than from the get-go, right? So, oh my goodness, thank you for taking so much time out of your busy day, Mr. Prospect, right. yeah. to meet with me, piece of crap salesperson, right? Sorry, I'm taking so much of your time and all that. Uh, but I started to realize, listen, my, my time to me is just as important to my family as well. Um, and so I, I'm trying to not be a vendor. I'm trying to be a partner. 
Um, and so partners respect each other and partners are on the same level and partners trust each other. Um, and, and anybody can make a transactional sale and become a vendor or a commodity. I, I'm trying to become a partner. And, and, and if to do that, you need respect on both, uh, both ends of the uh, phone, both ends of the table. And so there, there are, once again, you go back to the conceptual versus technical issues there. What do you think is the hardest conceptual issue with being, having equal business stature or somebody actually gaining that? Uh, we don't belong. I think here's what I always teach uh, my newer salespeople. Um, I say, listen, all of the salespeople that have come before you have caused this for you. So it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Right. Yep. Um, and so you're going to have to be consistent at breaking out of that mold. Um, now, um, I have found if you are consistent with how you deal with folks um, over and over, you can break out of that mold. It doesn't happen overnight, right? Um, it'll be considered different whenever you get in that office, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I want it to be different. I, I want them to, um, you know, take a step back and go, oh, that's different, right? I'm okay with that because it, it, it assumes that we're both working towards solving the same problem. In the traditional world, uh, a salesperson is just a mechanism of, um, you know, that help that they're, that they're needing or they're doing a favor by, yeah, by yeah. giving them money or something. So, well, and you know, I have this belief that people can't see that you're better until they see that you're different because everybody's talk track is we got better people, we got better service, we got better quality, but, and then you sound just like everybody else. And so until somebody says, wow, this is different, um, then they can't begin to fathom you as better um, because there is no better until there's something different. It's all the damn saying. Yeah, so. one, one of the best compliments I ever got that sort of echoes that is, I, I, it was a, it was a, a company up, but really north of Pittsburgh. It was a university I was working with, and um, they became a client. After they became a client, I was talking to the director of development, and he said, "You know, Ray, when we met, it wasn't that you were arrogant. It wasn't that uh, that I didn't. You weren't likable. You were likable." He goes, "But when you left, I got the feeling that if I did not do business with you, I was making a mistake." And, and isn't that what I want to convey, right? I, mean, yes. I, I don't want to be aggressive. I don't want to be pushy. I, I, I want to have a posture that suggests um, if we weren't to engage, boy, would you be missing out? And, yeah. and, 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 and that is exactly what equal business stature means to me, right? Which is, which is partner to partner, um, not so much uh, commodity or vendor. So I like the way you said that. And I, um, you know, to have that if you were to walk away, they'd say, gosh, I, I missed that. I think too, this is inside of the salesperson's head um, and can be helped that way. When I leave a meeting, um, I want somebody to think that guy could really help me. And he doesn't care if I do business with him or not. That's, that's not exactly this. That's too strong, but that, that I need his help but he's got plenty of other things to do. It's not going to bother him if we don't do business together. Yeah. N nobody, I always say no, nobody wants to give their money, their time or treasure to somebody who absolutely needs it. Yeah. Um, they, they, again, they want partnerships. They, they want people who they trust and respect to do business with. Um, and, and, and so I, I do, I like, and again, I think it's a little strong of what you said as far as uh, that guy doesn't need my business. Yeah, I, do, right. I do want them to think that I want it, but not need it. Yeah. Right? Um, and and the, what I want to convey is um, I, I do want it. Um, but uh, if you decide to make another decision, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. I'm fine yeah. with that. So and the way that you can do that without, the way I teach my clients um, to do that without it just being a move or being haughty is to work on your pipeline. Because the thing that salespeople are afraid of is that, oh, they, these guys can just pick somebody else. And so therefore it's a, it's a 
precious commodity. And so what I want to have is, and this is easier said than done, but if I've got 10 appointments lined up or 10 conversations lined up with good prospects for me, and the guy I'm talking to is an asshole, I can say, you know, I'm not sure this makes sense. And I don't feel any obligation to try and make friends there. I can, I can or, or not that I will make friends anyway, but to make something work there, right? Yeah, I just uh, finished up. It's funny you mentioned it. I just finished up a blog uh, on my site last month uh, that was uh, titled New Business Cures All, right? And uh, it, it does cure so many of the ails to have a full pipeline mm-hmm. um, and, and for that reason, right? So you can be a little bit more, um, you can qualify better. You can um, negotiate better, mm-hmm. um, certainly if you have a new, a full pipeline. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I can't agree more. I, and, and it's just, again, think about it this way. If I only have three or five, three to five deals in my pipeline right now, and I've been working them and I haven't been filling it with new yep. business, yep. Um, boy, am I going to hang on, right? I mean, whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to quote twice. I'm going to drop my price. I'm going to give them more service because I need it. Because if I don't get it, then I have nothing coming down the pipeline. Um, in, in regards to prospecting, I will say this. It is easy to prospect when you are down. Um, every salesperson who's down in their objective knows that the prospecting at that point is, is easy. The hard part is to find a consistency when you are up, right? When things are going well and to keep that pipeline full when you're closing deals, when you're kicking off companies, when you're starting. Um, and so I, I have, I, you know, it, it took me a while in the sales world to find my flow of what was acceptable pipeline, what was acceptable prospecting activities so that I could keep my key performance indicators right where they needed to be. And that's, a, that's really finding what works for you in all of those activities in, 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 in the discipline to, to do the activities. Um, so it, it's, it's, it wasn't until that point where of consistency that I started to make the kind of money I wanted and really target and grow the way I wanted. It's, it's funny you say that, right? To be able to do it, to prospect in the good times, and the bad times. I find there are a million excuses and I make them myself. I'm too busy, you know, or it's subconscious. Maybe it's if I take on another client right now, I won't be able to close what I have or I'm, I'm kind of full or blah, blah, blah. And, and what I tell people when they tell me that crap is if you're that busy closing business, you need to raise your prices, right? If you're you know, so freaking... Yeah, one of the things I just uh, quoted uh, something. I think you said this to me. I'm not sure, but uh, I've carried this with me for years. Which was, and it, it's 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 to deal with prices. But it's if you're not getting no's, you got to raise your rights. Yes, right, hundred percent. Yes, and 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 I love that because it, it it you know we all go through the the ebb and flow of we're killing it seven out of seven, right? And then and then you go through the ebb and flows. But when that happens, I always in the back of my head I think to myself boy, if I'm getting all these yeses, I got to raise my rates, right? Um, so. And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I have a rule of thumb. I tell clients, if your closing percentage is higher than 40% of people you present to, you're probably not charging enough or you're not doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah, it's smart. You know, 40% is probably the right, right range of people you're actually presenting to. Um, then you're probably not doing it right. Um, not charging enough, not offering the right service, something like that. Um, yeah. Ray, let me share with you a couple things that I have learned today. It's just been super freaking helpful. And I love talking to you always. Um, a couple of things that were big that stuck out. One is using the word approach call instead of cold call, because I think that's such a more, you know, it's an easier word. It doesn't scare people so much. Um, the second thing is your explanation of the hot list, which was the list of your prospects and maybe names and stuff like that in that company that you can share with one of your clients. Say, here are kind of the top 10 or 15 companies I'm looking at, do you know anybody there that maybe could help me get in? Um, And I also like the way you said to book conversations and not appointments. And I think that's just a slight change in language. 
and the funny thing to me, and something that you get intrinsically, is some people look at this stuff as moves, right? As this is some kind of, I've got to use this word, and it's going to change it. Use the word invest instead of this. And I just don't believe in that shit. I, I, what I believe in is that if you believe in your heart that what you're really looking for is a conversation, right? That you believe in your heart that what you're really looking for is, I want to learn how to approach these people instead of a cold call. Um, that, it, that it's not a move and therefore not cheesy, right? If you really believe this is the right way. Um, cause I think a lot of people get caught up in the, what's, what's the move I can make, which is a bunch right. of bullshit. It sounds cheesy. So, yeah. um, anyway, Ray, how would people find you if they want to get in touch with you? What's, what are some ways they could find you? Sure. My uh, first thing they could do is go to my website, which is uh, www.realworldroi.com. Okay. Um, or they can email me at ray.mutchler, M-U-T-C-H-L-E-R at realworldroi.com. I produce a blog every, uh, every, every so week that every, every two or three weeks that deals with, uh, different aspects of, uh, of real world. Right. So that's the tagline real world. And that's because, um, that's our goal, right? Not to, not to, not to teach a canned program. It doesn't work, but to make it not only the company's niche, but the, the person who's doing its niche and make it comfortable for them. If it's not comfortable, they won't use it. So, right. Well, uh, or help them be uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. Hold our hand through small steps to become sure. Right. So, mm -hmm. so good. Well, um, no BS sales team. Thank you so much for listening today. Ray Mutzler is a friggin' super guy. He's a great dude, really smart, learned a lot of things from him. Um, if you all want more information about me and what I'm doing, if you will subscribe to my newsletter and to do that, you, you, um, text the letters N O B S no BS text letters N O B S to the number six, six, eight, six, six. So text NOBS to 66866. We're doing different training classes each week. Um, got a lot of things going on, work with companies, uh, small, medium-sized business, some, some higher-level individuals, um, helping them grow their business, helping them solve some of the problems they've been dealing with for a long time. Um, so if you want to get in touch with me, walker at walkermckay.com. Ray, thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time to be on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, and I know the new BS sales team appreciates this as well. Thanks Walker. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. Thank you.